Hi, I'm Cassie, host of the Love and Healing Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button to follow us and receive new episodes each week. If you really enjoy the podcast and you're feeling generous, please hit the donate button. We work hard to create original content and keep the podcast ad-free. Today's guest is a licensed professional counselor in Fort Worth, Texas, focused on supporting clients through emotional disturbance. She handles concerns in an environment that feels safe and is sex positive. Please welcome Janice Leonard to the podcast. Hi, Janice. Welcome to the Love and Healing Podcast. Hi, Cassie. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, I am so excited to have you on. I wanted to talk with you a little bit about what's going on in our bodies when we're in the throes of passion or sex or even just intimacy. What's happening with our minds, our bodies? Yeah, that is such a beautiful question. And um, it's a packed one too. Because first of all, I think um, we need to understand why we're having sex. And I think that flows right into what's happening in our bodies. So we know if it is something pleasurable. And also we want to make sure that we are consenting to what is happening for us. Mm -hmm. So I would be remiss if I didn't touch on the principles of sexual health, which is consent, non-exploitative, honest, shared values, protected from STI, HIV, and unwanted pregnancy and pleasure. So once we've understood the principles, I think then we can start looking at what kind of sex are we talking about? You know, because there are lots of different ways to have sex, yes. you know? <laughs> and um, often I think we we are raised with this idea that sex is for, you know, it's P and V and it yes. is for reproduction, right? But we've yes. moved too far away from, I mean, with the advent of birth control and all of that, we've moved far away from that, the idea that sex is solely for reproduction. So you know, there are lots of different sex. So of course, we know vaginal, um, there's oral, there's anal, there's fingering, hand jobs, dry humping, genital rubbing, self-pleasuring, masturbation. So I think once we understand like why we're having sex, making sure that the principles are in line and then why we're having sex, what kind of sex we're having, mm-hmm. then we can really get into what's happening to our bodies, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think all of a lot of us know that during sex, we're releasing all the happy hormones, right? The oxytocin, um, those love hormones, we call it. Um, We know all of that is happening. And um, we know that our blood vessels, they're widening, they're dilated. Um, So we're receiving all of what's happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, sensitivity skyrockets. And, And I know for some persons, we're not they're not so in tune with what's happening in the moment. So it's important to really be present. And we talk a lot about mindfulness in sex therapy because for a lot of persons, sex is not that pleasurable. It's like another chore. It's something that we just get through because I'm married to this person and that's the expectation, which is really sad when it gets to that point. So a lot of what I do with clients and what I hope for the people around me is that we can be connected and we can surely enjoy what we're doing. And of course, making sure that we have talked and we've compromised on what is pleasurable for us, right? Because you might like one thing and I might like another. And, you know, we need to make sure that both of our needs are being met 
if we are deciding to do this, right? Right. <laughs> of course, we're burning calories, right? A lot of Absolutely. people don't think of sex as a workout, but you can suddenly burn a lot of calories if you're having a certain amount of sex during the right. day or during the week. And <laughs> how crazy it's getting, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and our heart is racing, our muscles are tense. And of course, we want to feel relaxed, you know, and that goes back to what we want to feel when it's all done right mm-hmm. you want to feel relaxed you want to feel good and i get it um there are some people who don't make orgasm the primary objective i mean we just have one experience maybe it can be that but for people who might want to achieve an orgasm um i think making sure that you've even communicated what gets you there and i think that's where i really stress on the idea of self-pleasuring because that's where you learn what helps you get to orgasm and, and you can guide your partner because now a lot of, I feel like in a lot of relationships that is not communicated. And then we have that resentment building up because we've never talked about what gets me there. And um, maybe this person is still trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. Right. We right. Cause we don't have a mind. mind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know, I hate when that happens and I think with the work and we do in therapy, we're helping partners have more conversation about these things, these things that often we pass over when we're dating. We think it's not important to talk about. Yes. So yeah. I hope that answers the question. I know that was Yes, past. yes. And, and I was thinking that, you know, that does, that can tend to create the frustration. They're going into this sexual encounter knowing that we want to please the other person, but we also want to make sure we're pleasing ourselves. We're, yeah. we're expecting a, a dual outcome. And I think we're, if we're expecting our partner to just figure that out by roaming and touching and we're not communicating what we like and what we don't yeah. like, it's, it just sets it up for a frustrating event. I think the sex therapy is so important. Relationship therapy is important because it can help teach mm-hmm. you how to have those conversations. And most of us grow up with that. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about sex. It's, yeah. it's dirty unless it's sexy and you're in the bedroom and you're like, well, it's such a confusing message to get as you're growing up. I want to talk a little bit about after sex when Mm. we've come off of that or our bodies are in that like elevated oxytocin we're in this really great place and i would assume it's okay and natural maybe to Mm -hmm. to have different ways to want to like process the i don't know the coming down off of the high Mm. (laughs) i don't know what you would call that yeah so we just call it i guess coming down from the high or or aftercare you know and a lot of us think immediately after sex you go pee right or you go shower But I think it's important, especially depending on the intensity of what happens, because certainly sex is not limited to vanilla, right? Right. It can be, uh, you know, intense kink or BDSM scenes. And even in kink and BDSM, it's not always about penetration. There are lots of different things happening, sensation things happening. Um, So I think it's healthy to come back down. Um, to that calm. And I think uh, cuddling, holding each other, talking to each other, you know, providing reassurance, or it it could be just talking about what happened. Um, I think that could be really healthy for our brains to remember that even in those intense moments, we are still safe. 
you know, and um, we're secure. So I think it's important to really focus on connection. And if we shower, we shower together. I think that is a really good option for couples as well. You know, and I mean, I want to leave it open. So I wonder what maybe, what is your ideas and what, what are some things that you enjoy doing after? Yeah, no, I do think the cuddling is mm-hmm. is nice. It, and like, I, I haven't really put a, a word to what that is, but it is like a safe, secure feeling mm-hmm. of, yeah connectedness that oneness maybe is a is a good way to put it too kind of coming back down slowly into that safe safe place oh I'm I really I like that and I would think that's pretty common for most people when they're coming off we think that but I think for some persons it can be really disconnected because maybe they have not discussed or maybe the emotions are not involved. And I think now that we're coming to a place where a lot of persons are sexually liberated, it could look like so many different things for different people, right? It could be a one night stand and then you just head out the door. It can be so many different things because sex is not always attached to love as we know now. Some people would rather just have a sexual relationship and, and that'd be it. But I'm glad that you you brought that up. And even, I know you had talked about even cleanup, right? Because I mean, that's mm. important too. I think we can still be connected by helping each other clean up, wiping, um, those are the things that you can still do together, taking turns, you do me, I do you, or whatever that is, and still show care and love while while doing that, you know? Yeah. And that is such a beautiful thing. That's why I love talking about all of these intimate pieces, because we don't spend time talking about them. A lot of times as couples, I don't know that it's a good thing to talk about what didn't work after sex. Is that like a different conversation at another time? Yeah. So I heard like experts, you know, certainly people who have done this for so many years, um, you know, they say to um, discuss that outside of the bedroom, right? Because you know, we want to make sure that it's being handled with care. I, mean, I, I also advocate for safe words, right? Having words that you can use during sex to indicate if this is good, if we should pause, if we should stop. And that is healthy, right? Whatever it is, it can be, for me, I like pineapples, right? Some people like oranges, some people like red, green, yellow. Um, so having some safe words, um, you know, so we're still communicating in the moment. And of course, communicating, you can make sounds, you can suddenly say things in the moment, right? That's appropriate if you're not going to be like lecturing, but, you know, there's certain things you can do um, verbally or verbally that can indicate, well, hey, I don't like this so much or can we stop or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. What about when we come into the sexual space, we all come with our own stuff. Sometimes body image, Mm -hmm. I'm sure for men, just as much as women, we're in that space where, oh my gosh, we have this fear of, is somebody going to be judging my body? You know, are they evaluating my body? Most of the time they probably aren't, but we get in that space and then it kind of messes with the whole experience. (laughs) Yeah. I think we can certainly talk about our insecurities. I think if it's someone you trust, um, you can certainly say, you know, hey, I, probably don't like certain things about myself and you could be working on it, right? But maybe you don't like sex with the lights on because you have this little thing, little thing wherever that you're not comfortable with. And you can certainly talk about it. And I think for a partner, even hearing that, it could be something that you adore, right? Mm-hmm. If it's her, her tummy that she's insecure about, maybe especially after 
having kids or multiples, right? Um, mm-hmm. She might feel insecure about that. You know, show that love, you know, you can kiss it, you can caress it, you can help her feel good about it. And also honoring that she has this because, you know, she has gone through the process of, you know, conceiving and, and carrying a baby for nine months and, and suddenly just giving birth. So I think it could be a way to really adore that. But for people who are not in, um, you know, heterosexual relationships, I think that could also be a good opportunity to to embrace those parts, especially someone has shared that it's really a place where they feel insecure, mm-hmm. you know. And I think definitely talking about it and getting to a place where, you know, you can both feel comfortable with exploring it and, and sharing those intimate moments, even if this exists. What I'm thinking about when I'm, as we're talking is mm-hmm. partners that are in some sort of relationship where you are talking about things that are important to you or you're feeling safe to communicate your insecurities and that kind of thing. And what I'm seeing in, in just trends is even for those people um, who come in with some type of religious baggage, um, you know, I think even in the abstinence phase, because certainly some people still abstain until marriage. So there's no talking, you know, I think there could be more talking, even if we're abstaining, we can talk about what we plan, we want to try out later on, or we can talk about our differences, our values. Uh, I think what I, I, I really hate is that we never talked about sex, and now we're married, and now we're figuring out the things, right, the things that I think we should have even known before we made the decision to see if we we're sexually compatible, I think, for a lot of relationships, Um and that is, that is so surprising when I think about it, because oftentimes it's attraction and chemistry and all that that get us together. But it seems as if a lot of times sexual compatibility is the last thing we look at, you know, and that tends to be the thing that really breaks up relationships when desires are different and um, one person is not into the thing that we're into. Um, so I think it's healthy to even talk about that when we're abstaining and and waiting for marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. I don't know if you see that. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up because I do. You know, I I, just, I think everything comes back to communication. I, I I wish that we as parents felt more comfortable having those conversations around sex about sex that it's okay, and I think the body too like not shaming the body being comfortable with being naked and that our bodies are all different i think a lot of parents fear that if i am talking about it that means it's giving them the red light i think more than anything our children want to hear from us right i mean we were there too right so suddenly just little things like providing privacy if they want to explore themselves and teaching them you know not just all the prevention education, but sex can be a beautiful thing when you go about it and when you try it. I think a lot of us have this idea that it's supposed to be painful and it's, you know, and yes, it's awkward and it could be messy and it can be all these things, but it can be beautiful, you know? And I think even that idea of sex is painful, I think for a lot of us, even on our first time, we're so tense, right? We're not even understanding, like, this would really feel good if we just relax. And, oh, my God, there's so much there. But I think it starts with parents. And like you said, that body positivity is so important. Um, 
because I know from where, where I'm from, there are all sorts of names for our private parts, right? No one ever uses, unless it's in a clinical sense, the word vulva or vagina. And um, I think empowering people with that is really healthy. Yeah. Also to prevent them from abuse, because I think if we know that this is, you know, this is not a cookie or whatever it is, we're yeah. more empowered to speak up if someone is randomly touching our cookie, right? Which is also our vulva, <laughs> you know? So I think there's so much there, um, but it starts, with, it starts with, with parenting, our parenting style. And, you know, I'm pretty open. I mean, I'm not, certainly I'm not um, doing the most in front of my kids, but I have an 11 year old. I mean, he knew we were trying to have another baby. So he was, aware that we didn't just magically get a flock with a baby right we we had to have sex to to have this brother of his <laughs> that is two years old so i think just even communicating that and not hiding that is basic science or biology right exactly <laughs> even as sex therapist i think one of the areas i want to go is to support parents in having those conversations mm. um i think it can be hard to articulate the words and put it together really nicely in a way that is not shaming but it's also not saying okay now just go do it right you just want to make sure that they have the tools that they need because um, they'll find it in the streets they'll find it from their friends they'll find it on the internet and i think we're in a time now that it's a click away like i can just switch on whatever websites and i can see what it looks like and that's mm-hmm. not always realistic a lot of that is just adult entertainment and um you know, as we talk about self-care and aftercare and all that, a lot of that is not shown in there, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the primary source of the education that a lot of kids are getting. And it's not showing these things. So when I go into a scene or into a sexual relationship, I'm thinking this is what it's supposed to look like, mm-hmm. right? There is a script that I need to follow. And um, somehow I will find pleasure <laughs> along the way. <laughs> right. Right. I'll figure that piece out as I get there. Yeah. No, it it is. It's fascinating. It's amazing how we come to sex and then figuring it all out. It's so important for us to know ourselves because then we can bring ourselves in 100% openly sharing what we like, what, what we're open to, what we're absolutely not open to, but being comfortable saying that. And that is a, that's a hard place to get to. Yeah. But I think we're making a lot of progress. I think um, the advent of social media and we have a lot of professionals who have pages dedicated to that. And now we have podcasts, you know, and even that people can listen to on their own time. Um, I like that. I like having a space where someone can decide, you know, I'll listen to this in my private time and not feel, you know, any type of way about it. So I think we're getting to a really good place in sexual education, but certainly we wish it was happening in schools, but it's not, you know, it's not comprehensive. It's just prevention. I think we need more than that. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about how people can connect with you because I know you do a little podcast of your own. You are a therapist in Texas. And yeah. I just want to like give you a moment to share how everyone can kind of follow you and connect with you. 
Yeah. So right now um, I have the podcast, Her Sexual Space, where I interview other professionals, uh, more seasoned professionals um, who have done a lot of this work. And we've touched on all the topics from, um, you know, sexual desire, sexual affirmations, because I think we need affirmations ourselves to actually feel good about our bodies. So we talk about that um, consensual non-monogamy, threesomes, all the things. And I think my latest episode, well, my latest episode was um, sex and disabilities. So that's even a place where there's not a lot of conversation because we think a lot of people who are disabled are, you know, non-sexual. So I love that episode because we just um, debunk a lot of these myths. Um, So certainly that's what I'm working on right now. I am in the process of developing my own private practice um, so that'll be coming soon uh, in the f- next two months, I hope. Um, but yeah, so I am at Her Sexual Space podcast on Instagram. We have a website, um, www.hersexualspace.com. Um, so that's that's where I reside right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. So if anybody is looking to just dive in and learn a little bit more, give mm-hmm. a listen to the podcast. There's gonna There's some really good stuff on there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's just really nice that um, we can have these conversations and, you know, it can be sex. I think it is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so important to just normalize it and, and talk about it in a way that's educational and informative. Just yeah. it's a frank conversation about things we all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're human. We're human. <laughs> right, absolutely. So our population on Earth keeps growing, but this is how it's growing. I just don't understand the mixed relationship that we have with sex. Because we know it's happening because population is increasing, but... <laughs> We're all it's obviously doing it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Janice, I think this is a great place to wrap up. I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge and wisdom. And just thank you, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. It's been a pleasure. Yes. All right. Well, to everyone out there, thank you for tuning and listening. Stay safe and I will see you all next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button to follow us and receive new episodes each week. If you really enjoy the podcast and you're feeling generous, please hit the donate button. We work hard to create original content and keep the podcast ad free.